Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 519 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. Todd, hello. Hello, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How should I feel of Lamborghini ignoring my tweets at them? I think you should feel honored that they're big timing you because oh, they because okay. you don't want because if they acknowledge you, then it's a beef and whatever. But right now we got we got cred because they're they're not acknowledging us, I think. I know my friend Cardigan Lamborghini has a Twitch talk show. Uh, <laughs> That's on a sporadic schedule, to say the least. Did he invent the, the piece of clothes? Uh, you know what? He's done a lot. He's done a lot for himself, and he's continuing to do a lot, and he still does a lot. He's a good man. Good, good. I man, was worried. Man of many names. Man of many names. Mm, two quality names, I'll say right that, you know. Malcolm Bivens, Cat, uh, Cardigan Lamborghini, Chuck Taylor, trademark. <laughs> okay. Ceteris, et cetera, et Stokely Hathaway. Mm. Got a lot of got a lot of irons in the fire, that guy. Uh, I know the type. Uh-huh. So we have uh, stuff to talk about this week. Uh, why is Jason Fabok apologizing for doing what everyone else does? <laughs> I don't know. Right. Uh, we have TV news, but that's going to be in the section where we talk about the TV show. <laughs> which is later down in my notes. Uh, (laughs) Digital books and sales. Uh, A lot of new free books over the last couple days, and we'll get into that and so forth. Mm -hmm. What we read this past week, which was Hellblazer Rise and Fall number one. And we only find them when they're dead number one. What we're looking forward to this week, which is a slender read (laughs) of a full list, as Todd tweeted out earlier today. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, of course, reminders about the pigskin pickums, reminders about, uh, Todd's art attack and a uh, discussion of not the one, not the two, not the whole season, but only three episodes of the boys season two and a quiz for Todd. Now I will be talking about all three episodes of the boys season two. It is up to Todd to guess how many of those episodes my wife got a chance to watch. Ooh, we're going to save it till the end? Of course. Okay, over under, I love it. (laughs) All right, so uh, Jason Fabok was at a comic book store in Canada this past weekend. Right. Signing copies of um, The Killing Three Jokers, what's the name of the book? The Three Jokers, right. Right. So it appears as though... There was a minimum $50 signing fee. Right. And apparently Jason Fabok was unaware of this. Right. Because I believe now a lot of this is like, I was finding out about this because I'm in a art group that also does uh, prices for how much commissions are and what signings are. And they like this blew up and I was like, oh, this is going to be news. And they were saying that earlier on his Instagram, separate, he was pushing the signing 
where it was like, all right, I'm going to be at this store and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking $10 a signature and then, you know, but uh, like maybe the first two free and then it was $10 a signature or whatever. And like to the people who hadn't seen that Instagram video, uh, they were they were asking the shop online and calling and how much signings would be. And they, they were just no selling everything. They were like, we're, you know, they're not talking about it. So when they got to the store, there was these, these leaflets or whatever, there were signs and everything that they were selling, you know, the, the 50, 50 covers of uh, the three jokers, which has a Joker cover and a Batman cover that you could buy, get equally. It was like, Hey, you can get them, the two of them, for one signature on a book oh no what's the wrong wrong one um you can get them for the two of them for 50 bucks but a free bag and board and then after that it was 50 dollars a signature and then they had different you know things with the with the variants it was if you got all the variants it was 200 and then on top of that they'd throw signature you know you had to pay for the signatures at 50 bucks and i guess there was like an uh, an uprising at the store kind of a deal that, that people were, were upset and left and everything. And then Fabok did a, uh, uh, a video where he's like, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I was figuring 10 and then they, they upscaled the, the, the shop upscaled the price, the sign, the signature prices and come to me, come to my rep, which I forget the name of the rep. Uh, we'll make good on it. And then that that video got taken down just like the other one with the 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 original one and he did a video with the uh, owner of the shop saying like oh no like it was a misunderstanding and i'm gonna come back and sign these and we'll we'll work it out and everything but the whole time like the, the he was doing this video with the owner of the shop the owner looked like he wanted to murder him and or he had a gun behind him making him do this thing it turned out to be a complete cluster. And then later on, I found out too, that he's still answering people on, uh, in like social media and on his Facebook and Twitter, like come, come see me. If you paid $50 for a signature, uh, we'll make, we'll make it right. somehow. Right. So on top of all those other things that Todd is mentioning, apparently this store, and again, listen, I'm not going to lambast the store, but again, I think they're being lambasted enough just by us talking about the story. If you showed up, I guess with your own copy of the book, that's mm -hmm. great, but they were selling like regular editions of the book that day for twenty five bucks. Right. So that's not including whatever signature fee, not whatever anything else. And there is the summary of, as Todd mentioned, like I just wanted ten bucks. I was gonna do two for free, and then ten after that, and then I learned that these guys were charging too much. So if you were charged this, um, that higher amount, you know, come back to me. I'm gonna be here till like seven. Uh, and I'll sign whatever you have. If you paid full price, I'll do five books for free. So, you know, like a lot of mea culpas on this. And I asked Todd, how does a miscommunication between a store and a creator go so wrong? I, I have no idea. Like, and then to see like, you know, Jason, like block it back. I'm like, I don't know where it all went wrong like i don't know if jason was in on it and then doesn't want to be part of the the fallout do you know what i mean but he actually had that video where it was like oh maybe 10 i don't know i just think uh the maybe the the, the shop owner was thinking all right he wants 10 well we won't tell him what we're trying we'll just make up the 40 
You know what I mean? Like, we'll keep the 40. I, I, I have no idea how it can go so wrong. The only thing is, the in all of this, none of the prices of the signature shock me. It's more the price of the two books. Because I've been at cons, like, when they had last year the, the Batman Damned at New York Comic Con, and they had yeah, the uh, Azzarello... And um, I can't think who did the art on the book. Um, they they had them there. They were like, here's the signing price. And they were like, you know, 50 bucks a piece. So that's that's not the problem. I just look at the upcharge of two brand new books that they probably bought a ton of because they knew Fabok was showing up for the signing. So like they don't want any bad blood because they don't want to be stuck with all these books. I don't know. It is a cluster beyond cluster, Joe. Right. And that's the thing, you know, obviously the way that Fabok is presenting this in that one would assume that the store is paying a fee to the artist to come to the shop. Mm-hmm. And again, the, the artist is the carrot to dangle in front of, uh, you know, people to say like, oh, this creator is going to be here. This is going to get people to come to the store get people to come to the store to buy stuff. Now, granted, it was a $7 book, and for you to charge, like, and I'm not sure if there's a Canadian rate exchange from the $7 American to whatever it is there. But again, you're charging at least triple what the book actually is, and I understand that it's a hot book. But then to charge, like, a premium upon a premium on top of that to have the guy sign, or even as he was under the impression. And obviously the fact that he was under the impression that it was, like, I sign X for free, and then anything over X is ten bucks. That sounds somewhat reasonable, right? That it sounds does. like something he may have done before at another shop somewhere else, or maybe. And, and the reason I ask you, how does something like this go wrong? You mentioned you got a chance to see a lot of this stuff before it was scrubbed from the internet in your secret Facebook art collecting groups. Mm-hmm. So, is this like an issue where the rep? misrepresented something is this something where the shop told the rep one thing and then decided to do another thing and the artist is now left in the dark like has this been detective comics backwards to figure out like where this fell apart or is this just that, something that's not being talked about it, no one can figure it out because in the end uh there's only two people who know right you know what i mean like it's the shop owner and the uh the Jason Fabok and in the end they're both like oh it was a misunderstanding so like they're going to take that you know it, unless after the other two signings cuz he's coming back for the three jokers 2 and 3 we'll see after that maybe if the news comes out you know what i mean right so, okay so that puts another wrinkle in this so he's he's coming back for signings 2 and 3 is he i'm guessing cuz he said he was Right, but what's going to happen between issues one and two and two and three? Like, are they going to, is the shop going to make good on this? Like, they're going to have to. Yes, they're going to have to. Or, like he said, he said, get in touch with, you know, email his rep or if I see you at a show, like, whatever. So, I I can't imagine, I can't imagine Fabok showing up for issue two. And the owner going, yeah, we're doing all this again. Like, like having the $50 signature or having, you know, like see being paid, paying for CGC, that's out of his hands. I get that. But I, it, 
I don't know. Like I want to drive up to Ontario and hand some, you know, geese money with maple syrup smells like maple syrup to them and see what happens because it's crazy. I'm going to be watching for the next signing and if it even happens, you know. Right. So it's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. That's all. Uh, so that's really all there is in the news uh, for now. Uh, <laughs> you could check out our local store, who I could safely say would not run such a grift like this. An opportunity, if you will. There you go. Uh, like this, Comics on the Green. Go check out their Facebook page. All the stuff that Dave and his uh, wonderful lackeys working there have for sale. <laughs> and if your local shop, for whatever reason, isn't doing a subscription service, I I say Dave would be more than happy to pull your books and put them in some sort of fancy box or some sort of brown paper wrapper, just like you would get your uh, Mad Magazines or other magazines <laughs> in the 70s and 80s to your home. Right. So you don't have to explain to your neighbors why you've purchased every variant cover of Amazing Spider-Man this month. Right. And I've always heard ever since Transmet comes out that the people who assist him at the shop he are called his filthy assistants. Oh, there you go. That Remember makes sense. Spider-Jerusalem used to call everybody who worked from his filthy assistants. So mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, speaking of said filthy assistants, related but unrelated, our friend <laughs> Becky has an Instagram page where she puts up her fancy art that she does, commissions and whatnots. Uh, sometimes I've even seen her art decorating uh, signs outside said comic book shop. Those you have to go in person to see. I don't know if she puts those up on the old instant gram. I think sometimes the actual shop will put them up in their Facebook posts or uh, Twitter posts. So. And another thing that you could certainly check out is the soon-to-be-named network, soon-to-be-namednetwork.com, soon-to-be-namednetwork.tumblr.com, where anytime any of the shows in our like-minded grouping of individuals comes out, or anytime any of those folks are on some other show, and they have the decency to let me know, <laughs> you could find them all at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com, whether it be this show, whether it be Longbox Heroes After Dark, whether it be Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Argument, Final Wrestling Place, Wednesday Night War, at odds with wrestling, and Todd, I've gone now some 10 plus weeks of me neglecting to mention porch talk, and that just goes to show you, bare minimum Todd, not reminding <laughs> me to mention the A show of the network. Oh, during uh, the last porch talk, after the mics were turned off, um, he was like, yeah, he's like, uh, Joe was talking about, he's like, bare minimum Todd never reminds me. I'm like, did he actually call me that? And he's like, yeah, and I was like, yes. <laughs> well, you're bare minimum with Todd, and he's the porch king. <laughs> That's right, you know? <laughs> oh, just wow. I'm, yeah, Mr. Bare Minimum Todd, and he's porch king. <laughs> so anyway, anytime any of those shows go up live, soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. And hey, hey, there's a bunch of sales and a bunch of freebies going on. Uh, this week, very busy week, Marvel has no less than one, two, three, four sales going on. They have Fantastic Four Masterworks. They have Ultimate Spider-Man. They have Doctor Strange. And they have that weird choose-your-hero-or-villain sale that still confounds me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Dark Horse is having a sale on big-screen stuff. I guess stuff that they have as movie adaptations, sure. <laughs> uh, 
DC just kind of filed the serial numbers off the previous Fandom sale. Because I guess this weekend is Fandom 2. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo? And they couldn't even bother be bothered to like just change the thing. It still just says Fandom sale. Right. It doesn't even say like Fandom 2 or whatever. Just, you know, sure. It it does what it says on the tin. It's a, like, is, yeah. it, is it a sale that's involved with Fandom? Sure. Don't change anything. Anyway. Valiant is having a sale entitled The Women of Valiant. Image is still having their summer crime sale going on. I think both of those are going on at least until the end of the month. Uh, Dynamite is having two different ways that you can get the boys. One is on sale through Comixology. Link is there. Another way is a combo pack with uh, Project Superheroes or Superpowers. What's it called? Project Superpowers through Humble Bundle. It's one of those deals where it's like you pay a buck, you pay eight bucks, you pay 15 bucks, and the uh, money is going to, and uh, I don't know, maybe this will come up later. Uh, it's the, the money uh, always goes to charity, and this time it's going to WDC, which is a whale and dolphin conservation. Ah. Uh, so essentially for 15 bucks, you can get the entire runs of both the boys up to and including issue two of Dear Becky, which I think just came out like a week or two ago. I believe and so, yeah. The entire run of uh, Project Superpowers for 15 bucks. Not a bad deal. No, not a bad deal. And they always do a thing where it's like, oh, hey, you pay a buck, and like, here's the first two trades of this and the first two trades of that, right? Mm-hmm. And then as, as it goes on, more and more people donate that like $1 thing, they add some, like they start moving stuff around, like moving stuff up from the $8 to the $1, moving stuff from the $15 to the $8, and then adding more stuff to the $15. So Humble Bundle does a really good job. It's been a while since we've mentioned one of these, uh, but the Mad Basis, a.k.a. uh, Matt, one of the filthy assistants, (laughs) pointed this one out to me. He's like, hey, don't forget this, you dope. Right. He's another one with many irons in the fire. Certainly. Only one name, but many irons. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I haven't updated the list of freebies, because this one's a little tough. Some of the newer stuff that's been added. Uh, I guess over the weekend, Comixology put up, I'm not going to say all of them, but a lot of the Black Panther comic books for free. Right. And Black Panther adjacent stuff as well. Uh, the most recent Shuri ongoing series, the most recent Killmonger ongoing series, the Doom War miniseries of Doctor Doom versus Black Panther. There's lots and lots of stuff that's up there for free. Now, they didn't give any sort of timetable. There was no sort of announcement of saying, like, get them while they're hot or while they're gone, they're gone, or whatever it is. But I always say, if they're free today, add them to your library today. So that when they're no longer free, they can't take them away from you. That's right. The once free, always free kind of a deal. And uh, I, I I did go ahead and uh, finish out my collection of the Marvel Knights Christopher Priest run. <laughs> from that. And I added the Shuri and the Killmonger things in there. I'm like, let's give them a whirl. You know what I mean? Why not? Because it's the right price. Exactly. So, like I said, no link there, but if you just go to Comixology or whatever storefront you access Comixology through and you type in Shuri or you type in Killmonger or you type in Black Panther, they'll all just come up. Mm -hmm. 
It's very easy. This one's an easy one. I can't give you the links on this one. Right. So let's get into what we read from this past week. Todd, where would you like to begin? Well, I'll start with the book I was looking forward to most because uh, I believe you didn't uh, peruse this one. Um, It is Hellblazer Rise and Fall, written by Tom Taylor, art by Derek Robertson. Um, Basically, this story starts out with a young John Constantine, I mean, as a child, uh, talking about his life and his... uh, jerk of a father who has one of the greatest tattoos ever. Um, and we find out uh, about him playing with his friends and early dabbling with magic and things go wrong there. And there's one, you know, female that one girl that he was playing with that later on when the story jumps forward, she comes back and it's basically the story of people are falling from the sky with these wings attached to them. And each time uh, someone has made off with the wings afterwards and John is realizing that, you know, there's something mystical, magical involved. And the cop that's on the case is the little girl that John had grown up with. And there's a third, there was a third kid involved that's now, you know, involved, but maybe magically and uh, they're just trying to figure out the case. It's just an easy Hellblazer story so far. Um, I really enjoyed it because it seems to be sticking to a lot of the stuff that Hellblazer had laid down, like his, uh, without spoiling anything, it's just that uh, when John was born, his mother passed away in childbirth, so that's why the father hates him. So there's there's all that there, and just like typical John being a jerk kind of thing. And speaking of the the mad basis, Matt, he basically told me, he's like, oh, did you read the blurb on the back of the book? Which I hardly ever do because, uh, you know, I bought the book anyway. And it's just like with a nation tearing itself apart and the irredeemable 1% falling from the sky, will John Constantine lift a finger? If so, which finger, <laughs> Joe, right? So basically, you know, John's, the jerk, the drinker, the smoker uh, that I've come I've come to love. I think it's a there's not a lot to uh, the story so far, but it's a multi issue thing that I'm I'm willing to see where it goes because we get who the who belongs to the wings and that's more of a revelation leading into the next issue. So I enjoyed it as a Hellblazer fan. Right. So okay, that's uh, I ask you as a Hellblazer fan, does this fit into the lexicon, the whatever for you? Yes, it does. And it fits in to the old lexicon more because the John Constantine book that's going on now is like, oh, something happened in this cosmic, uh, the crises, they basically were saying. And John, who aged in the comic years ago, every year, uh, so like he had his 30th birthday, 40th birthday, 50th birthday in the comics, uh, then jumped forward in time to be here in our time young. So it's like all real messed up. And a lot of the characters that he was hanging around with have passed away. Um, those characters that passed away are in this book. So I feel this is more akin to the old vertigo hellblazer than the really good black label vertigo book that's going on now. They seem, they seem separate, but I'm a, I'm a fan of the, I'm the fan of classic Constantine over new Constantine. So this, you know, scratch that itch very well. So uh, you said it's a black label book. Is this like a bigger sized book? 
Yes, it is. This is the size of like you had you got the question. Yeah. And the yeah. other whatever the other joker oversized ones. Um, yeah, and I'm I our shop still doesn't have uh magazine bags and boards, so it's sitting out on my table waiting until I can get one to put it in. Don't spill your rigatoni or whatever it is that you eat on there, your chef boy or D. Yeah, my drunken spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> But there was something in the in the ads that uh, I saw for this that was like it struck me as weird as the way that they worded it, and I can't think of it right now. I don't have my books right at my fingertips. Fair enough, but I can't remember it either. So give me two seconds. But uh, the like um, Derek Robertson's art is fantastic on it. The only um, maybe problem I have a little bit is, and it's with all the the horror books that DC seems to be doing is a lot of it is too well lit. The coloring like it's too bright. This has a little darker, but I wish it was a little more grittier. And the other thing that I love about the book is all the in jokes, not the in jokes, but the in references that you have in every comic or comic TV, TV show where it's like, we're at Delano street and the bar they drink at is called the Dylan. So I absolutely adore that. The bar they drink at is called the Dylan. So I could have swore there was an ad for this in Batman this week. Mm-hmm. I guess there's not. You have a Batman there? I went and I grabbed it. I unplugged for a second. So it might, it might have sounded weird for a moment there, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But they were calling it... I can't remember. It was something stupid. Like, it was a black label book, but they had, like, some sort of other, like, frilly verbiage on there right right and i can't find like the print ad for it right now oh well yeah well it might have been in like another issue of batman anyway who cares <laughs> uh so the other book uh did you you did read we only find them when they're dead yes i got that too all right written by al ewing with art by simone de mayo uh from boom studios so this is one of those books. I did not know what it was about going into it. Uh, it was just like, oh, Al Ewing is doing a creator-owned book. Sign me up, right? Right. Um, not to take away from the pull quote that accompanies this from Jason Aaron, which is sign me the hell up. <laughs> a little bit different, a little bit more saucier. He's he's a writer. He has a much better way of wor- with words than I do. Right. Uh, so uh, this is a... A legacy book we start out with the main character as a kid we flash forward essentially in like two or three pages that he is in the same business of whatever his parents were which is harvesting the organs and raw materials of dead alien gods right i equate them to like the the uh what are they called uh from the marvel books the the celestials yes uh so Every time that one of these gods die, there's tons and tons of these scavengers, autopsy ships, whatever they are, that all make for a break for it to try to harvest whatever they can. Whether it be the meat, the eyeballs, the metals, anything that they can, obviously, to sell back to the highest bidder. And uh, our main character, Malik, makes a shocking revelation of what they need to change he and his four-person crew to. And we get little mysteries of things, little things about the crew. Um, The person who kind of stops his crew and what their relation to Malik and his family are. And again, Mm -hmm. I'm doing my best not to give away as many spoilers as they can, 
or as I can, but I, I really like this. This was a very interesting premise. I'm glad, much like a movie going into without reading the trailer, I'm glad that I did not read any solicitation text for this, right. as the whole thing was just brand new to me. I had no expectations going into this, and my expectations were more than satisfied. Right. I I really like this. Um, I like the fact that like that they established some of the ground rules without giving too much away, like you said, is there like when you harvest these giant godlike beings that you know there are rules and regulations and some people because it's getting harder and harder, you know, to find these things and, and more people are doing it, that people are willing to risk to break those rules and what the ramifications are. Um the only like I, I I like the book. The only small knock I have on it is, and I I believe in Al Ewing, so I, I don't have to worry about it. Is is that we were? It was a rapid fire introduction to all the characters. So while I did get a taste for all of them, I didn't become attached to any of them because there was wasn't enough. Which I believe will come in time like we will get to know each and every of the characters and their their foibles and and everything like that but in the end it was like okay here's here's everybody but you know, you know how sometimes you'll read a, a first issue book and you're like oh i'm a that that's what's the hook i like that character this or that everything's there i just wish that i had that if that makes any sense but it's al ewing and i'm lo loving immortal hulk and everything so you know like it's not like oh i'm I hate it or anything like that. It's just definitely going to have to wait a little longer to get there. Right. And I think a lot of this is, is just like, we're getting you in on the premise of this. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like, let's, you know, we gave you some sprinklings of stuff. Right. And now let's try to figure out, you know, where everything else fits in, I guess. Right. What I'm more saying is here's, he's more focused on the premise and introducing us to the characters than fleshing out any any characteristics just yet. And that's all. But it's a first issue, and it was enough to to make me want to come back for more. So for sure. Be that, be that as it may, and then from there as you say. Right. Well, I don't say that. Somebody else says that, and I just right. steal it from him because he's, you know. Then I could steal it from you. It's all good. That's true. That's true. It's it's for everyone to 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 partake in, right? Right. Uh, so, like I said, not a lot to read from the, this past week. Uh, not a lot this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, uh, every Tuesday around noon or so, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them sent to your home, <laughs> whether you get them digitally, whether you wait for the trade, whether you hope in one hand and put money in the other hand and... <laughs> Hope you get the books eventually to your house. However it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed. Know what's coming out this week. Uh, as I mentioned in the little post there, I would say that these are the two smallest weeks that you and I have had since comics returned three months ago. If if at anything, maybe I tied them with two issues. Uh, no, this I have three this week. I think the, the least I ever had was two. So probably for you, it's the least. For sure. Uh, Todd is currently in the lead with one correct guess over me uh, of what I'm most looking forward to. Looking at Todd's list, so I'm torn because you weren't reading the Empire book, but you have the Empire Fantastic Four book on your list. Right. Uh, it is uh, what's Dan Slott, so I figured maybe it'll be important. Okay. 
So let's say the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Web of Venom Wraith number one. It is Web of Venom Wraith number one. Um, I always liked uh, Wraith, and I believe the character has been recently called the Cree with no name, so that resonates with me. Um, and he's cowboy esque. Um, I'm looking at your list, and I could flip a quarter, or I could just go with Is Web of Venom Wraith number one also the book you're looking forward to the most? It is the book I'm most looking forward to coming out this week. Yes. Right. So no movement. No movement on the uh, the leaderboards here, of course. But I still have to update the leaderboards. You know, I say no movement, but there is, you know, some numbers are being moved. Right. Technically, you don't have to move the numbers as long as the gap is right. <laughs> exactly. Right. So while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out everything that Todd and I have done, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark. 2017 smash sensation Todd and Joe have issues. I think in 2021, I'm going to retire mentioning that. Yeah, well, you do you. Right, right. Uh, you can check out our store button uh, there where you can purchase shirts or stickers or pins with our fancy logo on them. Also, in every episode post and in the store, there's a link to our Tee Public store, which this weekend, the 10th to the 12th, 35% off everything but T-shirts. Ooh. This is how they do their sales now. Baby onesies for everybody. <laughs> Cell phone cases that say fish math for some. <laughs> right. Uh, that's a way that you could support us. Another way that you could support us, of course, is by signing up for our Patreon. As little as a dollar a month is going to get you two bonus episodes from Todd and I. One, previewing the past, where we look at that month 30 years ago's issue of previews to kind of peek at what the comic book world looked like way back then. The other one, Babbling Brooks, which we're getting toward the end of, where we look at the film viewer of comic legend Mel Brooks. At the $5 up level, and up level, you get those two podcasts two weeks before everyone else, plus you get After Dark like three days before everyone else. Sweet deal. And uh, also over at Longbox Heroes, I'll just mention it, uh, I started writing a column in conjunction <laughs> with a podcast of a famous comic book Bon Vivant. Um, I know there was some spelling issues with the first, uh, issue or episode installment, whatever. Uh, but it's, uh, Rob Sircaps. Oh God. Uh, rolls right off the tongue. Uh, kind of discussing, talking about recapping the latest episodes of Rob Liefeld's bi-weekly podcast. Mm -hmm. That name has a pedigree, I would say. Certainly does. Uh, another way that you can help us out, of course, is by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon banner over at longboxheroes.com. does not cost you a penny extra. They call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of that. <laughs> Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include somebody purchased the... Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy Siege original anime soundtrack. Ooh, fancy. There's a lot of words in that sentence. There's a lot of words on this show, too. But anyway. Just one. Uh, <laughs> somebody also purchased the next in their Kindle Star Wars books. This one entitled Guardian of the Whills. If I'm right, this might be the 
book that tells you what happened to Jar Jar Binks in a like throwaway paragraph. Just it's just one chapter, just because he's dead now. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Jar Jar Binks is okay. Yeah, and then the next chapter is yeah, he's not. Uh, somebody okay. also pre-ordered for the Nintendo Switch Super Mario 3D All Stars. Uh, there was a lot of uh, controversy raging online regarding the way that Nintendo was handling this. I don't care. I get Super Mario 64 and two other games for the Switch. My kid was very happy about this. So good, good. I was worried. I know you're always worried. Somebody also purchased a Then One, the new one, V N E W O N, computer gaming chair. Uh, lots of other words in there, but it's white. And if you aren't buying a Joker branded gaming chair, then really, what are you doing with your life? But this has lumbar support and a headrest. So that's somebody. Somebody also purchased all four variants of the re-release of Harry Potter Goblet of Fire. They put them out in new hardcovers mm-hmm. uh, without looking at the notes emblazoned in all the houses for harry potter todd can you name the four houses for harry potter sure sure i think it don't look at the email no i think it's lannister oh my goodness um i i don't know go ahead i was doing i was gonna do game of thrones but i couldn't even remember those so how am i gonna remember you're a wizard harry houses right (laughs) oh ray ray harryhausen ray (laughs) harry Harry, you're a wizard housing. What is it? Got to workshop that one with the writers when we're done here. Okay. Uh, Slytherin, Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, and the Hucklebuck that uh, me and uh, <laughs> What's-His-Face uh, would do behind the Burrow building. That's the one that I'm in. When I, re- <laughs> when I reach in the sorting hat, that's the one that I'm in. And I finally know what all of that means except for the sorting hat. Okay. And I'm, I feel sad inside because of it. No, you should feel good. Right. Hey, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We did have an art attack um, from Rebecca's art. Uh, I got, I did this for Rebecca. So I guess it wasn't Rebecca, Joe. It's Ruibos. I don't know. From Katie O'Neill's Tea Dragon Society series. Um, I know I nailed that, uh, that name but it's a nice it looks like a crayola a character um i don't know the series but it looks really nice so and i love that kind of kind of art with the you know the crayola look i hope you have a sharpener on your box of 64s because that helps but no that is very nice uh they always do good work whoever is doing the art on that account and uh, i think uh that uh o'neill's or the tea dragon society is a book from boom or at least from boom's digital imprint i did some digging okay you're a better man than i yeah yeah i always try to do my due diligence when we do this show you know well i i feel terrible now so i i'm not the hundred dollar broski and i'm definitely not the box king what would i be i don't know you're definitely not mr minimum effort todd Bare minimum, uh, Joe. Eh, I'm just enough effort, Joe. How about that? You're the adequate effort, Joe. <laughs> there you go. I like that. All right. So 
Uh, we, uh, hey, don't forget, uh, this Thursday is the start of the football season. <laughs> if you're not a coward like me, you could just auto-pick your things and be done with it. Right. Only or, if you think foot, or if you think football is real, that's your fault. That's right. As of this releasing, you only have a day and a half to sign up and or get your picks in. And, uh, Todd, I do want to thank you, obviously, since this is your pet project, for kind of spearheading the issues that some folks have been coming upon uh, in trying to sign up. But we got a healthy number of folks signed up. I think we got like something like 20-some, almost 30, right? Right, right. And I look at it. It was only two people who didn't know how to sign up, so everything else was good. Is that two or is that three not including me? Two not including you. I always expect you to screw up. I do see uh, we have two uh, people shouting out Big Pumpkin and uh, the problems therein. Right, right. Looks Uh, like uh, Words is back, too. Of course, of course. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I'm glad to see everyone kind of keeps their, uh, you know, keeps their names. Right, and I wish everybody luck up to and becoming second place. And that's as far as I'll go. (laughs) And this is not a deal that I've uh, broached with anyone, but if I win by some chance, by whatever... I get to go to uh, T-Volt 712's house and steal as much art as I can, supermarket sweep style. Oh, I, you know what? We should get one of those big blowing, like, tubes and just put all his art in it. And it'll just flow, and you got to grab it like the money. You know what I mean? Oh, so. yes. No, I don't want that to happen, because then they'll, be a pr- they'll get, like, ruined or something. Yeah. yeah you, I hear CGC has pressing now, so you could fix all that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... Anywho, uh, so we have a little bit of news, but the news is kind of adjacent to the boys, which we're going to be talking about here. Right. Uh, So I guess this is where we bid you adieu. If you didn't see the boys, you don't care about the boys, TV talk, what have you, what have you. Uh, But there is going to be a little bit of news before we get into discussing the first three episodes. Right. All right. So uh, episode 519, uh, for those of you that are leaving us, bye. See you next week. And uh, I don't have any water, so we'll just have to make do. Uh, so the news, I guess, this week was people upset that they didn't just, like, bulk drop the boys this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as they had to make acquiesce, uh, Eric Kripke, the showrunner, had to, like, finagle with uh, Amazon to just do the first three episodes and then, like, once an episode after that. Um, and then people are just giving it a negative review already, not even based on the quality of the show, but just on the fact of they can't binge the whole thing in one shot. Right, which is basically why I sent you. I don't mind you, or I mean Royal you not liking a show, but it's not like it wasn't advertised and we knew about it. You know, we have been saying I this, you know, the whole time as we were getting ready for the boys season two, it's the first three episodes and then it's every Friday after that, you know? Um, so what, what make this makes you attack that show and ruin, you know, even though I believe they're false, like, you know, review, review places because, you know, people can do whatever they want with agendas like this. What would make you do that? Like, and especially if you do like the show, that doesn't help your cause. I don't know. This one has me 
flummoxed and just aggravated for some reason. Right. So I'm not as aggravated as you are, but I completely get why you're aggravated. I think a bulk drop of an entire series works better when it's a docu-series, kind of like your Tiger King sort of thing. Right. Where that's like, you know, it's lightning in a bottle, so get it out, get it while you can. Where something like The Boys is already established this is season two, and we have seen other shows where they just drop the whole thing at once. But then we've also seen shows, like just as an example, The Mandalorian, where it was weekly. And I think the buzz of The Mandalorian worked better because it was doled out an episode at a time. I do, but especially because of the reveal of the first episode, you know, Baby Yoda, if you haven't seen it by now, that's your fault. Um, But, you know, I I get it. And like reading the other article where they're like, the the, the creators are like, oh, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't hoisted upon us by Amazon. We we decided because of something like that with the Mandalorian and how long, you know, it goes, it has a word of mouth. It's not, you don't shoot all your ammo at once in the first week. And then you're lost to the ether of other stuff coming out. There's some traction to it, but I still believe it has something to do like Amazon kind of forced them. It has something to do with the fact that they won't have anything in the can for up, like upcoming on upcoming months. So they're like, let this last because we're going to have a gap and people can cancel their subscription at any time if they're just getting the boys. I mean, like, if at least we'll get them for two months, if that makes any sense, you know? Right. So I, I there's just a whole bunch of reasons in my mind why they're doing it. And don't don't get mad about it. Just enjoy the show if you like it. Yes, that's that's the best way. And and obviously for someone like me who doesn't get an opportunity to binge something like everyone else does. I sadly sometimes could only watch what I can in between everything else that's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, though, obviously with the show, was able to watch the three episodes before we recorded here today. Todd, how many of those three episodes did my wife get to watch? Two. She got a chance to watch them all. Oh, my God. Yes. I would, she- do, the go- I would do a golf clap if it wouldn't ruin the sound. She really enjoyed season one. And I'd been kind of priming her for the last like week <laughs> leading up to it, saying, listen, comes out on Friday. I don't know if we're going to get a chance to watch it on Friday. It actually rolled out like late Thursday night. But again, who's counting? Right. And then they even had an article that it came out hours before it was actually supposed to. So on top of that, it even came out early, early. Yeah. Uh, but then it was one of those times where she was the one who's like, OK, we got time. Let's watch it. And she still has the old school television narrative where like, Oh, the episode will be like 44 minutes. Cause there's no commercials. And it's right. like, no, each episode is like close to an hour, if not like right at an hour. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's almost like you get like a little mini movie introducing you to reintroducing you to the series. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to end up being around a lot, uh, bouncing around between the three episodes because there was a lot that happened in this. Right. Um, And I think a lot of times the best way to kind of do these things maybe is to go by character unless you have some thoughts and feelings that you want to get out first. I was thinking character is a great way to go. Okay. So sadly, uh, Mother's Milk and Frenchie ain't got much doing, right? They get some good character moments uh, where there's the part with the whale. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And Huey doesn't want to get out, and Mother's Milk is just like, well, I'm coming in here with you, and if you ain't getting out, neither am I, and that gets Huey out. 
Um, Huey's going through a lot, I think. Huey's got some problems. Yes. A lot Huey, of feelings, got a lot of things that he's uh, handling there. Right. Because basically, and, you know, this flies in the face of the way we're going to discuss it. The first episode basically revolves around Huey, Mother's Milk, uh, the Frenchie and Kamiko. Is that how I think her name is? Yes. Um, where they're what they've been doing since the the end of the season and the butcher the butcher's off, but yes, it's made ma- mainly Huey in those first three episodes descending more and more because he's feeling getting further and further away from his life, and he's trying to trying to you know bring down Vought and the superheroes, and he's dabbling with Starlight to do it, and everybody's warning him like, you could you know you could get her killed what by by what you're doing you're not the secret agent that you think you are and you're not as cool and sophisticated so you could do a lot of damage and that's him and then being pulled away from all that he's he's descending into like madness or you know depression or and it and it shows which is you know i think is a very cool thing until you know butcher basically realizes cuz somebody tells him later on that He's your canary. Like when he, when he goes down, we've gone too far. And I'm not 100% sure if Butcher has other reasons, but hopefully maybe this will help Huey a little bit. Right. And you mentioned Kamiko. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, I think we were introduced in flashback stories in season one to her brother. Well, now her brother is on in the United States and he is being hunted. He is a super terrorist or super villain, depending on what verbiage we're working with that day. And, oh, sorry. Depending on whether or not the psycho looking at you says it or not, it's super villain. Right. Uh, So the one thing that I have to lament with the player that I have for the uh, Amazon Prime thing through my Xbox 360, Mm -hmm. that I had to scramble to find the subtitles as they did not automatically pop up when... uh, Kamiko's brother was speaking whatever language he speaks, and then she was speaking the sign language that they created that only they know. Right, right. And I just want to say, I would really like to do a new function on TV. You know how, like, they're like all these new ideas. I want a subtitle a la. Did you ever watch Snatch back in the day? Yes. Where if you buy the. The Snatch video, they're like, you can have it English subtitles, you can have German subtitles, you can have French, but we can also have English pikey only subtitles. <laughs> and I think you should be able to pick and choose just the character whose subtitles you want. Because I watched boys with the subtitles just for Frenchie because he would talk fast and with the heavy accent, I'd lose them. So I was like, all right, I'm turning on the, the subtitles. But if I just had a Frenchy subtitle, I would go that route. That's an idea. Amazon, come see me. We're going to work all this out. Now, I'm okay with Frenchy, but sometimes when he whisper talks mm-hmm. fast with his accent, I'm like, okay, we got to wheel that back just for a second. Exactly. So, um, Oh, and also I want to mention this as well. I'm not sure if you noticed, and we'll see if it continues throughout the series. In every episode of the three that we've seen so far this season, Frenchy is wearing a shirt with a cat on it. Mm-hmm. And in episode two, he is wearing a specific branded cat shirt of one of the Bullet Boys. Oh, really? Yes. I did not know that. But I did notice, because it's a little more obvious, that every episode has a Billy Joel song. Yes. 
And listen, we, we talked about how Stargirl, the music budget kind of tapered off around like episode five or six mm-hmm. when it was no longer a DC Universe streaming show. And it was just a CW show. Right. Uh, but they must have wheeled the Brinks truck up to Billy Joel for this uh, season or cut some sort of deal or one can only hope maybe Billy Joel's in the series. Or maybe like Billy Joe's, they're like, hey, we're, you're on Amazon, Amazon Music. It'll get the bump. You know what I mean? Sure. You'll get all those residual from the Amazon downloads. I don't know, but I believe you. There's a Brink truck, Brink's truck that was backed up. Mm-hmm. And it works every episode. You know yep. what I mean? It's not like... It's it's like, oh, like we said on some of the CW shows where it's like, what do we have in our catalog that's new and right now we want to push? No, these like these songs are I never realized how long it's been since Billy Joel has written a new song and he says he won't in an interview. So it's not like, you know, it's the hot you know thing of the month. So I think it's really cool. Right. It's almost like the music is a character in the show. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> Eh, it's not really, but they do they do its best to make it work, right? Right. Okay, so uh, now the seven, of course, the show starts out with the mock funeral for Translucent. Oh, can I say one thing before we go on? Yes. <laughs> I love, like, his first season, how every moment I thought people couldn't get any faker or more sickening. And then, like, they start out with the the ceremony for, for for Translucent. I'm like, we're here already. Like, to see Homelander doing that, and even Starlight, who knew he was a dirtbag, and she's a secret agent now at this point. I'm just like, oh, the phoniness, the fakeness, everything. Like, phoniness and fakeness drives me absolutely nuts in real life. Uh-huh. So this kind of, like, sets me off as I'm watching it, like, just, I, I hate all these characters in a good way, of course. No, listen, uh, April, my wife, was ready to fight everyone. <laughs> right. And we're, we're going to say, I, I think you kind of see where we're leading up to with the order in which we're talking about these characters here, Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Noir has some moments uh, early on. He is uh, overseas and taking out some of these super terrorists in very gruesome fashion that Homelander set up from season one trying to zhuzh and push uh, the government into making Vought uh, part of the military, or essentially just making the Seven the military, right? Right. By so he's leading their own villains, and now Black Noir is kind of cleaning up that mess, or at least doing his best to do what he can. Right. Uh, and he also gets a moment in Black Noir where we get to see a bit of pathos, a bit of uh, emotion, where the reveal comes out to the public, uh, of Compound V made up by Vought. And he's just sitting in the, as the news announcement is going out throughout the world, he's just sitting in one of those deep, vast hallways crying. Yep. And just side note, I do love like, and when I talk to Derek Robertson uh, on that Hero Initiative chat, is all the art that he drew. He's like, uh, one for the storyboards to the Rise of the Seven. Yep. Which is such a great knock on Snyderverse movies. I'm like, fantastic. But all that artwork for the storyboards is Derek Robertson. And then he was like, they came and saw me. So like all the art that you see on the walls a lot of the times is, is you know, dot done by production, whatever. It's actually Derek. So I'm like, give him, you know, give him that check. I'm fine with that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so the deep maybe next. Sure, sure. So uh, the deep is still in Sandusky, still <laughs> having issues. <laughs> yep. And then uh, Eagle, I guess a non-superpowered superhero, uh, comes and tries to help him because that's what heroes do. But really what he's trying to do is convert him to this world's version of whatever Scientology is. Yep. Uh, it leads to the deep going on a trip after taking some mushrooms where his gills talk to him in the voice of Patton Oswald. Which right. was fantastic. I was marking out huge for it, especially when he starts singing. Uh, <laughs> you look so beautiful to me. Oh. <laughs> and it makes me not sure. Like, okay, there's no redeeming what the deep did no. to Starlight, but you almost they make you almost feel sad for him because of how he like looks at his body and the gills. And then somebody late, like he's feeling better about it. And somebody later comes along and like cover up those gills. They're disgusting. And you gen like, you feel bad that he's been, I don't know, like, you know, body shamed his whole life. I, I don't know, but I still don't. Because obviously when he meets uh, Starlight a little bit later, she's like, no, 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 no. Like, no redemption. I'm like, yeah, that's right. But I felt bad for him for, a, for like a hot second. You know what I mean, Joe? Yep, yep. So, uh, so Starlight uh, playing double agent, still putting on the public face, being right there in the seven, standing right alongside Homelander, all the while working with Huey, making connections to... One of the techs, I guess, one of the scientists, one of the guinea pigs, if you will. Gecko. At Vought Tower, Gecko, who's someone that she knew back from superhero Bible school or something. Right. I believe they were on one of like the like the 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 triple A uh, league of yeah. the seven. Like she was on a team with him and did the Bible stuff and stuff like that. So he ends up smuggling out uh, a thing of the compound V to her so that she could go and release that to the world and expose Vought for what they're doing. Now, this is also when we get A-Train back. Which, and every scene with A-Train and Starlight are so tense. <laughs> That's not the only scenes that are tense, but I think we'll get there. But <laughs> I have to give them credit for, like, the way they amp up to... Like, I felt A-Train was coming back. There was, like, no way, because he's in the coma and he knows Starlight kind of betrayed the seven and everything so there's that scene when starlight's on tour doing the the q a which is you know the way it's actually done it's just repetitive they just bring in each you know interview people it's the same interview for local stations and everything and they're like because uh somebody couldn't make it uh, a mob couldn't make it they're like move the third chair away and i'm like okay so it's just gonna be Stormfront and starlight and then she's like this and that and by the way a train is here and he's like bring that third chair out and it makes my my mind go was that third chair for mauve and she couldn't come or was a train like they knew but either way it was a swerve when it happened and i was like oh and they're like looking at each other and it got like tense and everything and you're right everything is like well if you do this i'll do this and it's like a chess match between a train and starlight Right. 
Uh, so you mentioned Mauve. Uh, again, Mauve is there, but I think she gets kind of like of the main seven. She kind of gets like the shortest shrift. Uh, her Black girlfriend Dwarf. has the medical emergency. And then we kind of get like her explicitly saying like, we can't be together because if Homelander finds out that you exist, you're dead. Right. But I would say Black Noir gets more of a short shrift than Moth. Well, that's okay. I think it works for Black Noir. Like, Black Noir didn't get a ton in season one. Like, I think outside of, a like, the one fight scene, like, that one extended fight scene that he has with Kamiko, like, he gets right. a scene where he's playing the piano at a party. Right. I just want to say this. I deal in facts, Joe. So that was oh, a fact. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Oh. It's facts right. and spectra. Oh boy, but yeah, that's like Mob's thing is like she, uh, somebody's inter- like uh, Homelander's interested in me, and she, he seems to have taken out a lot of the competition. So you know, and plus of it, there's a uh, like because they hinted at the first season that was also the the lesbian angle that like Vought wouldn't approve because it's not good publicity with their church. You know, they're mostly like right wing churchy people that they that's their their base. So I thought it was that. But now it's coming around to this. So I like it gives a little more, you know, depth to her character. Right. So um, let's talk about Stormfront. Okay. Newest member to the team. Um, They did. uh, Who is the new person in charge? Uh, Not Madeline, who took over Madeline. She was like. The is, PR flunky. Is, isn't it like Ashley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's now in way over her head because like, oh. oh, here's this guy that we could have on the team. He's blind, but all of his other senses are heightened. Plus he's Asian, so that'll help in like this and this demographics. Mm-hmm. And uh, he doesn't quite make the cut because <laughs> he didn't have the Homelander seal of approval. That's right. Um, yeah, so now he's just an ordinary blind guy now. Oh. That was or a worse, rough or worse. That was a rough scene, man. You, you, and that's the thing. You knew something was coming. But you didn't know what that something was. Mhm. Uh so uh so Stormfront, kind of like an in your face sort of person put on the team by the new person who's in charge of Vots. I forget his name right now. Right. Carl, I think his name was. Okay. If I'm uh, wrong, I'm wrong, but yep. yes. Uh, another person, two people not taking any guff from Homelander, willing to kind of stand up to Homelander, especially in front of the cameras. Oh, like uh, <laughs> home uh, uh, Stormfront is is a habitual line stepper, boy. But in the habitual line stepping, she drops a lot of truth, and especially to Starlight. There's a moment where she like confronts Starlight and because of that, she makes the right decision in a few places. You know what I mean? Like she's like, you, you do the fake thing and it's going to get you in trouble. And her giving that advice actually makes Starlight play a train. So like, she does a good thing and I'm watching home Stormfront, and I'm like, wow. Like I know she has no redeemable qualities. When's it happening? Because none of the superheroes other than Starlight do. And it happens. And I was like, oh, but when it comes on, Joe, it comes on strong with Stormfront. Right. And I think we're going to start seeing because, uh, so there's the part where Homelander is kind of like, forget Vought. And she's like, oh, I never saw this side of you. So I think by 
at least two episodes from now, uh, Stormfront and Homelander are going to make a dangerous power couple. Yes. Yes. And uh, Stormfront racking up... Uh, Racking up enemies as she goes, boy. Racking up enemies and racking up sick kills. Oh, though I don't know. I may be because I didn't read boys uh, past a certain point. I honestly feel that I don't know when they'll, they may become a power couple, but it's going to be a, a begrudging power couple because Homelander does not like Stormfront. Do, hmm. do you think it's going to be like mutual or do you think because I think it's going to be mutual through gritted teeth. Okay, so I, I think it's going to be a very contentious relationship, but it's going to be a, content, a a relationship of convenience. Like it's going to be like this public relationship, you and then mean, it's going to be this behind the scenes relationship between the two of them. You don't mean the phony public persona they'll put out there, Joe, and then behind the scenes they'll be at each other's throats. That would be too fake, Joe. No, 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 no. So what I'm saying is. They're going to be the May-December star-crossed lovers, you know, soulmates, whatever it is. Right. In, in the public, behind the scenes, they're going to be a couple, but they're going to be like, the do- it's like now double evil. Okay. See, I disagree. I think it's going to be on paper, like, because Homelander's a smart guy, and he, he, he can read the room. I'll give him that. And he's going to be like... Can he- he can to a point. Okay, to a point. We'll discuss. I know we're saving <laughs> Homelander, but what I think is going to happen is it's going to be that he's going to realize, because there are moments when Homelander is really savvy, you know what I mean? And he's going to be like, we need, I need you on my side. And then they're going to do the fake PR thing where we're actually a couple, but it's going to be mutual hatred like the only reason i need i the only reason i'm not killing each we're not killing each other is because we need each other that's my take on it but anyway so we didn't really talk too much about billy because billy the butcher because a lot of billy's stuff ties so directly into homelander right uh where billy doesn't show up until the end of episode one uh, we had gotten some flashback stuff, uh, what we had from the end of season one, where Billy finds out that his wife actually is alive. She was not killed by Homelander, and she has uh, her son, Homeland's, Homelander's son, and now Billy is on his path to go back to find her, because whatever happened... Um. He doesn't remember because he was there, he saw it, and then he was just dropped off like miles away in a parking lot. And he's trying to piece things together, but as he's trying to piece things together, it gets released out that he and the rest of the boys are now fugitives framed for the murder of uh, Madeline. Right. The only thing, though, is I wasn't the only one that wasn't wanted is Kamiko. Um, hmm. I believe she's the only face that, that they have that hasn't been on the news. Okay. But I just throw that out there because Kamiko ends up, I just, I want, before we get to Homelander or Butcher, is Kamiko ends up having the thing with her brother. He wants to, he's going to be the terrorist or supervillain. And she tries to bring him over to the boy's side and Stormfront ends up killing Kamiko's brother, which thereby 
makes Kamiko like when when Stormfront has her speech at the end of TV, like if looks could kill, that's one of the looks that could kill is Kamiko's. So I do like that 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 storyline with her. For sure. But um and of course Billy being his usual self, kind of not giving everyone um enough of the information. And I understand why uh, like Billy can't give out all the information because that's his character and is also the plot contrivance of the show. And I also understand why that one scene where Huey just blatantly lies to Starlight on the phone. Like if that scene doesn't happen, we don't get some of the emotional beats that are happening through the rest of the series. But it does sometimes get frustrating when so many problems that we as the viewers can see can be resolved down the road if everyone was just honest with each other up front. We're all in this together, whether you're on the seven side or whether you're on the boys' side. If we're all just honest with each other, we're all working toward the same goal, it's going to save us a lot of problems later. And I'm with you because one of my biggest pet peeves, and Flash was a big criminal in this, was that way too many people are doing stuff to upset the apple cart at the same time. And the thing I like about the boys is people are making bad decisions, but they're not making multiple bad decisions per episodes all the time. It's like, okay, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on. All right, this is this character's bad decision. Now, we may not have a bad decision for another 30 minutes, and it may not involve the one that was just made. So it's a balancing act. And I think they do it very well in the boys. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, like, it's like this is fun. This is, you know, de- sick kills. Like you said, oh, this is moving the plot along. Oh, dear God, why did you make that choice? Like, that's a terrible choice. That's going to kill you. Okay, 20 minutes of exciting, fun, different, blah, blah, blah. And then you get it again. When you when you line them up too close together, I pull my hair out. But I'm loving, I love when at the right time a character makes a terrible choice. For sure. So. So now, I guess it's time to talk about Homelander. Mm-hmm. Homelander quite possibly could be the most reprehensible character <laughs> in televised anything in history. Right. And this guy, Anthony Starr, who plays him, does such a good job. I don't know what awards look like, award seasons... I don't know if he cares about those sort of things, but like, I just hope they give him all the money. Right. Because he is so good at his job of being the biggest dirtbag in the history of everything. Right. And the best part about it is he can switch from dirtbag to psychotic to Aji sucks, shucks. You know, farm boy kind of thing, if you know what I mean, like clear yep. cut, like the 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 typical what you think of like cheesy superhero stuff. And he goes from that, like you said, like where he's like doing the interview with Starlight after the funeral, and he's like, ha, you know, this and that, and he's got that like ah, uh, and then goes to like does you know like does the thing with the daredevil pastiche where he just like makes him bleed out the ears. And he's like calling him all kinds of names and stuff like that. But then like Ashley will talk back to him and he'll go from, all right, now I'm no longer just a dirtbag. I'm a bona fide sociopath. And he could just do it. Like me or you change a shirt. 
It's like bing, bang, boom. And you're like, wow, this is a lot to keep up with, but it's perfect. Yes. Perfect, Joe. You want to see him get his just desserts, his comeuppance, his whatever. Mm -hmm. And it has to happen, right? It's gotta at some point. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if it'll be season two, but it's like the boys have to win at some point. But I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if if, you know, this is Homelander's world when it's all over. And, so go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. So the weakness that he now has, you said how how he's savvy, how he's good at playing people. He doesn't have someone in a higher position at Vought that does these things for him, right? Like he had with Madeline. Okay. Right. So he's missing that piece of the power structure that he had built for himself, or that he was even part of, that he was taking advantage of, or whatever it was. Right. Right. But his now Achilles' heel is his son. Mm-hmm. The sun could be used against him. The sun is against him. Oh. And that's his Achilles heel. That's the thing he can't get a read on. That's the thing that is going to be his downfall is his son. Right. Because if his son has all the powers, he might be an equal. You know what I mean? Like there is that moment where like he pushed like right off the bat, just dirtbag. He pushes him off the roof. You could fly, son, and he just falls. And he comes down, and he's like, eh, I had it all under control. And and Becky is like, or Rebecca or whatever, is like, oh, my God, this and that. And the kid shoves him and, like, has the fire eyes. And you're like, I hate you. And he's not sure how to, like, t- like he's going to be a terrible father. I know that's, I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything. But like you said, that's his downfall. And it might be the kid. Like, you know, it. the, the kid already is not liking him because he's pushing his mother around. I don't know. It's just, it's good. Home. I love the Homelander so much. So In just, um, oh, sorry. Not, I didn't mean to interrupt you. The, um, okay. the, the head guy at Vought now is, his name is Edgar. Okay. Yes. Right. So as I mentioned, of course, uh, with um, uh, Homelander, all these things, all the horrible stuff that he says and does and the manipulative way that he is and just the way that he talks to people. Um, all of that, Todd, none of that compares to a scene that I'm going to link in the show notes for this episode. <laughs> and it's the scene where he's back at Vought Towers and they're remodeling uh, Madeline's office uh, for uh, a- Ashley to take it over. And he sees in the back a-, a mini fridge and he opens it up. And inside that mini fridge is one last bottle of uh, Madeline's breast milk for her baby. And the prolonged scene <laughs> of him drinking that milk, Todd. Yep. Is maybe one of the most repulsive things I've ever seen. And Todd, you know the movies I watch. Right. Okay. There were scenes of Black Noir just like ripping people's heads open from the mouth. Okay. Right. I, I didn't flinch. I'm like, oh, this is normal. These are just things that happen. So we establish in that first episode, Homelander and the milk. And then there's another, then there's a scene in every episode where he drinks milk and he takes a pause or he does a something or he just makes a little flinch before he takes that drink of the milk. And that's all he needs to do, Todd, to bring you back to that moment from episode one of season two. 
where so he, are, where he enjoys that milk, Todd. And Todd, to borrow a phrase from this show, to paraphrase, if you will, I did not enjoy him enjoying <laughs> that milk. Right. So are you saying your milk triggered now? Because Just for him. Just for him. I say you're right. You, you're like, let's watch audition for Sunday brunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Let's watch that for my my five year old's birthday. Line them up. Line them up. I could do this all day. But like, as soon as I saw you tweet out milk, I'm like, he hit that scene. <laughs> he hit that scene. <laughs> We're gonna be talking about this on the podcast. And I'm just like, and I'm like, why there's not a Homeland, the Homelander got milk ad in a comic somewhere or something like they were on the back. Cause I was like, oh my God. And like you said, when he just tongues the, the, the container, I'm like, oh my God. And then yes, he has the pancake breakfast and he does the milk thing. And I'm like, and it just does it. it it's enough. Like to just bam it's yeah, homelander's milk milk fetish i got it yep it's all good so yes homelander is is looking good and i want to say that the boys is the opposite of the cw with i love all the hair in this show all the oh, hair okay. is, is all the hair is perfect and the costumes like i can't like everybody's trying to do realistic costumes and do like things for movies and stuff I think the trick is, especially in the boys, obviously we're not accustomed to like what a Flash costume or what a Wolverine costume should look to us. But just seeing them not mention the costumes and walk around just like they're every day, like, hey, we're this is the way Todd walks around in a black t-shirt and blue jeans. The costumes look fantastic and we're not they're not put out there. Like, I just think the hair in the costume makes everybody from butchers, like cowlick to, to, to like the Homelanders, like just hair that wouldn't move in a hurricane. I'm like, this is all fantastic. Yep. The design of the show is great. I really enjoy it. And, uh, it elicits emotion in me. And I like that. I like getting that out of whatever I watch, you know? I agree. I agree. Though my, the emotion with you in the milk, every time A-Train has his mini heart attack, I kind of cringe. <laughs> well, yes, that I think speaks a little bit closer to you. Right. I mean, I know how you are with milk, so me with the heart attack, it's the same thing. So I, I did, when I'm looking at my clips that I'm including in the show post, mm -hmm. um, you know, you get to, sometimes you get to pick the still image of your YouTube page. Right. Uh, there's a person who picked a, a very distressing still image for that scene. And okay. I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. So you're not using that one? I'm not using that one. I don't want no I don't want you to know. I don't want you the listener going in and getting any sort of expectations. Even though I've kind of built it up a little bit here, uh I think uh but again I think seeing the visual, the image that's chosen uh may uh deter you from clicking on it. The other one that just says Homelander drinks milk. <laughs> and it's just a picture of him looking at the bottle of milk. It's not up to his lips or nothing. Yep. Let me click on this wholesome video of a superhero drinking milk. That's right. It's <laughs> nothing. New. I'm sure he's going to eat some apple pie afterwards, right? Oh, he's a Michael superhero. Clip. Then go watch a baseball game and have a dog. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's a lot of the boys talk because there's a lot of episodes of it and there wasn't a ton of news. 
but yes, I enjoyed recapping these three episodes. I really enjoy the show. It's a lot of fun. I, I, I'm looking forward to more, boys. And because it's not all dropping at once, I'm going to give it negative reviews right now. And all the oh list. my goodness, how dare you? Exactly. All right, everyone. So thanks for hanging in with us. Uh, episode five nineteen of Long Box Heroes for Todd. This is Joe saying thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop! You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.